Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today, we welcome Sister Rhoda Gonzalez, and we are sitting in a beautiful cafe. It's called C Squared in downtown Carrollton, Texas. So if you're listening and you hear some background noise, that's because we're in a cafeteria and it is a beautiful setting. It looks like they also have a church meet here on they Sunday. They do. They have a church that meets here and um, they are Christians that own this this cafe. And that's another reason why I like to come here because I like to support Christian business. This is beautiful and I'm glad that we're here. And I'm delighted that you're joining us today. Rhoda, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did God get you to where you are in a cafe in downtown Carrollton? <laughs> okay. Well, it's always been my dream to be in some kind of ministry. And so having gone to, to college and gone to seminary, Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, I wanted to prepare myself for that as well as leading worship because that's one of my passions. And so what happened is I married a guy who went to Dallas Theological Seminary, Pastor Vince Gonzalez, and we started our church, North Dallas Family Church. Yes. And we eventually bought a building here in Carrollton. And it's a beautiful building. Thank you. And it's seven years this October that we've been in that location. Congratulations. Thank you. And we are very, very involved in the city of Carrollton. And C2, this this particular cafe has supported our ministry. Many times we've had many events here. And um, we just like to, in Carrollton, be connected with all types of people and all kinds of civic events. So that's what brought us here. We have our church in Carrollton. You know, when I visited your church, you can tell that. You love your community. You serve your community. I remember there being community garden. We do. Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. And and the Lord has expanded that ministry. And uh, we now have a food pantry where we give food to people all over the neighborhood. We're, We're serving 70 families every week. And which is amazing for us, and we're and expanding every year. We also added a daycare center. Wonderful. Yes, and we are in the middle of remodeling our church right now. We, we're going to build a, a big community room so that people in the community can come and use that room for teaching, for parental um, education, for tax preparation, for whatever they need to do in our church so that they can feel free to use it at no cost. And hopefully they'll feel free to come back because they will have felt welcome. Yes, that is our, that is our. Well, you are a very loving and welcoming church and I've enjoyed every time I've been there. Thank you. Well, these are tough days that we're in. How do you find peace in the midst of the chaos going on all around us? It's really challenging because a lot of people don't know how to navigate through crisis and navigate through stress. Um, one of the things I like to share with people, especially our, our church members and the community that we serve, is that you're not by yourself. That we as a church, we stand ready to help them in any way that we possibly can, whether it's supporting with food, with um, counseling, um, financially if we can. Um, but the point is we try to teach them ways that they can maneuver um, through these crises. But one of the things that I've found um, 
Sister Sandy, is a lot of people don't take time to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. They're so um, concerned about how am I going to provide for my family, I've lost my job, or I'm on furlough. And when I do go back to work or at work, how do I take care of myself? Well, we know what's already expected of us. But as a Christian, how do I navigate through those things? So the first thing I would recommend is the first absolutely thing is to sit down and take a deep breath. Okay. And that means allow your body to relax, allow the peace of Christ to come in, allow the wind of his Holy Spirit to fill your lungs, allow that rhema life to come into your into your body, and allow the word of God that is already deeply rooted in your heart to rise up from the recesses of your spirit and to give you peace. Because it has to start there. Because a lot of times people get so overwhelmed. I know. Because there's some moments in my life when I feel so overwhelmed. Lord, what do I do? And the Lord reminds me, be still. You know, in Psalms, it teaches us to be still Mm -hmm. and know that I am God. So the very first thing I want to recommend to people is to sit down and relax and take a deep breath. I like that. You really have to be intentional about that. And that's so hard to do when we want to take care of everybody else. How do we make taking care of ourselves a priority when we have so many other obligations? It's really important, Sister Sandy, for people, especially moms, especially women, where we're natural caretakers, we're natural nurturers, we must take care of ourselves in order for us to be effective as wives, moms, single parents, single per- people. And the way for that to, do, to happen is to first of all, like I said, take that deep breath. And another thing I wanna bring up in self-care is to reflect, first of all, write down the things that are causing you stress. Write it down. Because I know personally for me that if I have all these things milling around in my mind, they'll just get convoluted and confusing. So in order for us to take care of ourselves personally, we have to write down those things that are causing us stress. Okay. And then after that, you take a moment and you respond accordingly. You look at that list of things and you prioritize the things that are the, the biggest stressors. Now, because we're people that generally take the path of least resistance, we always want to do the easiest thing first. Uh, yes, yes, you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> we always like to do the things that are the easiest yeah. because that's we can accomplish goals. Yeah. But if you can take the hardest thing and break it down into pieces, You'll find that if you can attack those one piece at a time items of those hard steps, then the easy ones come as a bonus. Okay, so we're going to write down everything that's causing us stress. We're going to prioritize them. We're going to take the heaviest ones that are causing us the most stress, the most burden, and try our best a little bit at a time to take a bite out of them at a time. Yes. Okay. Yes, Yes, because I share with the ladies at my church If you have an elephant, you have to face an elephant. Can you eat that elephant? Well, of course you can, one bite at a time. Absolutely. And it's important for you that when you see those big projects or you see that mountain before you, or you see yourself maybe work uh, um, on a layoff or people say, I don't need you anymore. Well, 
don't see that as a negative. See it as God opening up the door for other opportunities. Maybe that big mountain for you is education. Maybe that mountain for you is training or continuing education. So what can I do to help myself feel more at ease or more at peace by that, you know, taking that big mountain? Well, the first thing I do is seek counsel. And then after that, where can I go to seek that continuing education? The point being is that we have to take those big mountain pieces one step at a time and not get overwhelmed. The next thing I want to encourage you to do is after you reflect and you write down all those things that are causing you stress, then the next thing is you respond accordingly by giving them priority, prioritizing those things and bringing the heavy lifting projects up to the top instead of at the bottom. Then after that, you redirect your energy. You take that energy that you use wringing your hands, okay, and you use it to go outside and take a walk. And I want to stop there and... Let's dwell on that a minute because we waste so much energy, like you said, wringing our hands, but also with drama. When if we would put what we put into drama, into solving our problems, we could get a long way down the path. Yes, yes. Instead of getting on the phone and calling your best girlfriend so that she can fan the flame of your worry, so that she can be that listening ear that is... um, agreeing with you instead of saying, you know what, Sandy, I think you ought to do this. And then she becomes all of a sudden judgmental. Well, let's take a step back. And instead of allowing all that drama to be created, like you said, go outside. I want to encourage those that are listening to this program to get up, get up and take a walk and just start with five minutes and getting some natural light because natural light is so healthy for our bodies and our minds, and it allows us to get the vitamin D that we so desperately need to be encouraged. And then before you know it, that five minutes a week turns into 10 minutes the next week, and then 15 minutes, and before you know it, you're walking around your block for 30 minutes, and then there's a a process in your body called endorphins. It's a hormone that starts to be released in your body, and it brings a feel-good Um, sensation in your brain. And that helps you generate positive energy instead of negative energy. Well, let's go back and talk a little bit about you're calling your girlfriend to vent. If you are the girlfriend on the other end of the line, we're not doing our friends any service by, by commiserating with them, are we? No, absolutely not. We cannot allow ourselves to go down the path of agreed misery Because when two people agree on one thing, the Bible says it will be done. And that can be good, and it also can be bad. I've never thought about that before. Yes, because remember, the Bible says if anybody agrees, it doesn't say biblically or Uh non-biblically. Yes. But if you agree on something with somebody that's negative, it'll just perpetuate itself, and it'll grow wings and fly. What a great perspective. Yes. Yeah. Because... Mountains are built, remember, just like that eating that elephant, one brick at a time or one stone at a time. And if you build walls with someone that's negative, then that same thing has to be brought down one, one brick at a time. So if you're going to speak to someone, be sure that you're speaking to someone who's going to give you godly counsel. 
who won't necessarily agree with your negativity, but who will help you and listen to you and give you scriptural counsel that will encourage you and not cause you to go even deeper into depression. So it takes a bit of courage to go find those people who are going to put a mirror in front of your face and bring some accountability to your life. Absolutely, and that's a key word, Miss Sandy, is accountability. And a lot of people today, they think that accountability is a judgment, but accountability is a growth. It shows growth, it shows progression, it shows change. And people, on the general rule, do not like change. Because most people like where they are, even if they're miserable, they're kind of comfortable in that Absolutely. Misery. It's only, we're only willing to change when it's too painful to stay where we are. That's correct. And unfortunately, it would be good to change when you have the opportunity instead of when you are forced. So I want to encourage women today, especially women, because we need that fellowship. We need to hear another voice saying, you're okay. We can do this together. But for her to also be able to say, okay, you said you were going to walk today. Okay, you said you were going to sleep more today. Okay, you said you were going to drink more water today so that your mind can be more at peace and your body can be at a more healthier state. I agree. Accountability is not a bad word. (laughs) The scripture is always talking about accountability. As a matter of fact, in Titus chapter 2, it talks about how older women are to be teaching the younger women the ways of the Lord so that the word of God will not be maligned. So that is not a bad thing. But I want to encourage women to make sure you look for a mature Christian woman who is speaking into her life, not necessarily criticizing or bad-mouthing her or making her feel minimized or marginalized, but someone who will encourage her to grow and encourage her to change and also encourage her in her victories. That is great. That is wise counsel. So on the flip side of that, that's what we're to look for. What happens if we have friends on the other end of the spectrum that are negative and we cannot change their negativity. Well, what would you suggest? But the Bible tells us that we are to speak words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we were talking the other day in our family devotions and we were reading in Proverbs where it says, a, a cheerful heart is like good medicine. Yes. But a, a, uh, a sad heart is like um, rot in the bones. Yeah. And I want to encourage people who are listening to this to find people that are cheerful and that that are encouraging. Now, if you have that girlfriend, that favorite girlfriend, it could be a family member, it could be a mother-in-law, it could be your own mother, who what they say is negative to you rather than encouraging. And I wanna encourage you to again, write down the issues that you see in that relationship. Reflect on those things and say, okay, I have to choose my time wisely and allow only people that are gonna speak life into me rather than negative. Now, you have to make a decision because, Sister Sandy, we have to be responsible with our timing and with the way that we use our time, talent, and treasure. Mm -hmm. And part of that time is what God gives us, either in the ministry, with our family, or whatever. If you have negative people, then I wanna encourage you to rethink that relationship And if you're comfortable, go to that person and explain your concerns. And if that person continues to be negative, then you have to make a decision and expand your circle of friends. Mm -hmm. And minimize your time with them. And minimize the time with them. And that's not easy, especially if it's a family member. Right. 
Yeah. That's right. I have an example of that this week at work. We have a ministry called Christian Women's Job Corps, and one of our employees is a mentor. And the person uh, was having her car worked on, so she stayed at our office for a day. And everybody that was in our office interacted with her. And at the end of the day, her reflection was, I didn't realize how many negative people that I hung around with and the impact it had on my life until I was in a different environment. It really does affect your outlook. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And if you have even one person that's speaking negative words, negative ideas, negative um, opinions, that person can cause such a negative impact. It might be subliminal, it might be subconscious, but it's still there. And that's why we have to take inventory. We must take inventory constantly, cleaning out that closet of people, of ideas, of, of, of reactions that causes negativity. But people, because that is probably one of the dearest things that we hold in our life, our relationships, yep. we must take inventory of those that are causing us stress, especially during these difficult times. So let me, uh, let me chase a rabbit here for a minute and ask you, those of us who are in ministry, a lot of times we don't have a choice about who we hang around with. How do we, how do we, and I'm going to guess as a pastor's wife, you may get a little bit of negative, negativity coming your way from time to time. So when you're in a role and you're trying to role model positive behavior, but you are hit with negative behavior that you can't control, how do you handle that? I'll tell you what, that's probably one of the most challenging things that I have to face as a pastor's wife and even as a person. In my business, I have a lot of negative people. In my secular job, I have to deal with people who they always talk about their glass being half empty. Mm -hmm. So my job is to try to diffuse those talks by saying, well, what if we did this? What if it was better? What if we took a risk and it turned out great? And if that person responds if, with, well, you know, I'm afraid to do that because of this and this and this will happen. Mm -hmm. And then my response would be, but what if it does? Yeah. How do you know unless you try? And you know what? I learned that from my favorite mentor ever, and that was my daddy. He was always telling me, how do you know unless you try? You just don't know. That's right. And in these days of fear, Miss Sandy, a lot of people operate in fear, and it turns out to be negative. Negative people operate that way because they're afraid of something. They're afraid of themselves. They're afraid of others rejecting them. They're afraid of being pushed out. So my immediate response is, is to reach out a hand either on the elbow or on the shoulder and say, you know what, let's talk about this more. Let's find out what is it that's causing you to feel this way? Yeah. Is it a person? Is it your opinion? Let's talk about it. And usually when people can talk it through, they hear themselves and how ridiculous they sound and they go, oh, that's true. And when I bring up the fact of well, what, have you considered this? Have you thought about what if it does work out for you? What if that child does come back to Christ after we pray about that? And they think, well, I guess you have a point. <laughs> Sometimes people just need somebody to hear them out so that they can allow that to, that negativity to just come out. And a lot of times you don't even have to solve their problems. Once, the, you, once you just get them talking. Correct. They figure out what to do. That's right. That's right. Because the Spirit of God, I believe, because the Holy Spirit, if you have two people that are Christians and one of them is negative, 
again, usually because of fear or because of past experience that they have had to endure. Usually because those two people have the commonality of the Holy Spirit in them. As you're talking to them and ministering to them, and even your body language with them, and even your tone of voice with them, Mm -hmm. and the way that you communicate with them shows that you care and you're listening to them, it allows the Spirit to bring clarity. Because remember, the Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is a revelator. He shows us truth. And usually by their own words, the Lord reveals to them what they need to do. I love exactly what you're saying because sometimes I don't see a lot of difference between people in the church and unbelievers. We are not reflecting the life of Christ. And that's troublesome. It is because our culture is has so much pressure now. It's more pressurized than it ever has been. And now that we've got this COVID situation going on, we're all in the same playing field. Everyone is experiencing change. Everyone is experiencing loss. But we as a church, we have got to be determined to show the love of Christ and understanding. What a lot of people need right now is not really... Um, I should say a a hand out or what they need is a hand up to help us pick them up instead of helping them for one day. We need to help them to get their lives aligned with Christ. And unfortunately, people are listening too much to television Mm -hmm. and social media. Mm -hmm. And so they create their opinions and their perspectives based on the news rather than on the word of God. We have to help people realign with the Word of God and not so much about their opinions. And that helps them get refocused on who they are in Christ. We've talked about relationships and um, we are made to be in community with one another. And right now it's hard to be in community when you have to social distance, when you have to wear masks. Right. How can you build on relationships and strengthen relationships in the midst of physical distancing. I heard a doctor say, stop saying social distancing. We have to physical distance. We don't have to social distance. How do we, how do we work on our relationships? Well, right now is very critical for us to understand, number one, we need each other. We desperately need each other, especially during these times when we are asked to be a part when we are requested by our authorities to keep that distance between us, but that does not mean that we stay out of touch. You and I must be intentional. We must be more intentional about reaching out to those that we love, Yes. asking them to join us like you and I have, have joined here. Even though we have to be apart, yes. we can still talk to one another and we can still interact. Another thing that we have to do is keep that, that flow of communication so that there's no one that's out there that feels isolated or that they feel like they can't be heard. It's important for people to feel like others are listening to them mm-hmm. and they, they, they receive empathy from them. And they say, yes, I understand. Yes. And we as the body of Christ must offer that to people. We have to let them know the church is open. You can come with your mask. You can come however you need to protect yourself but know that we are here for you. Community, especially Christian community, is super important during these times because we can let the world that does not know Jesus Christ know that we are here for them. We're not afraid of the COVID virus. We're precautious, but we're not afraid and we do not want to isolate anybody. Yeah, I, I, my best friend, I was talking to her and she has health issues, so she has not been out of the house except a few times. 
to go get groceries or go to the doctor. And I said, are you fearful that when all this is over, you won't know how to reintegrate into society? And she said, I have thought about that. So my fear is that people will have lived this way for so long that they don't know how to be in community anymore. Well, that's why it's very critical for us to communicate to people, stay in touch, make those calls, keep those texts. And you know what, Sister Sandy, I've been doing, I know I'm just one of those old fashioned people. I still write letters. I write notes and I let people know how important they are. Because if you tell somebody that you love them in before the COVID, guess what? You have to do it twice as much now because behind that mask, Believe it or not, that's a wall. That's a barrier. And even it's, even though it's centimeters thin, yes. it may as well be 20 feet thick yes. because it feels like there is something between us. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's critical that we share the love of Christ with, the, with our voice, with our inclusion, with our understanding. And when we don't understand what somebody's going through, we ask them, tell me how you're feeling. Let me know so I can understand. That is a great imagery of the the mask as a wall. So you've got the mask as a wall, you've got your being stuck at home behind walls. So you're in a fortress of isolation. That's right, that's right. And people who are um, compromised, immune compromised, or they've got health issues like your friend, they are even more at an even higher level of isolation because they feel like if I go outside, I'll even be more at risk, which is probably true at this time. But we don't, again, it's about re-education and it's about transforming and renewing of your mind, like Romans 12 and 1 says. For those of us that are believers, we must constantly be renewing our mind and letting us know the Lord is with us. We have people who love us. I am loved. God is for me. Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of our Father advocating for me. I have the Holy Spirit in me who can help me and convict me and push me. And I have angels all around me. So there's no reason for me to have fear. That's right. Be careful, but don't have fear. There's a big difference. Absolutely there is. Well, I just can't thank you enough for talking with me about how to have peace in this time. Is there anything else that you'd like to say as we wrap up our conversation this afternoon? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for the honor and the privilege of speaking because I love sharing um, biblical principles with women. And I love the idea of of extending our community um, out to others because, like I said before, our church is a community church. And you, Miss Sandy Wisdom Martin, have influenced our church greatly and shown us how to be um, intentional and missional. We're constantly using that term at our church to be missional. And we look forward to continuing however the Lord the Lord has us in this state of being, a state of mind. But that doesn't stop our missional attitude. That's We're right. going to continue reaching out to people as the Lord leads. And I want to um, encourage those that are listening to remember your mission is not behind a mask. Your mission is to go out, wear your mask, wash your hands, but remember there's a world out there that needs you right where you are. Ms. Rhoda, thank you for being with us today and spending your afternoon with us. And I'd like to thank those of you that are listening to this edition of On the Journey Conversations. Let's go get our coffee.